Today's Hope FM Drive Show is brought to you by Spring Harvest, bringing the whole church together to worship, learn and share. For the latest news and events, visit springharvest.org. And I'm very pleased to welcome to Hope FM, Patrick Regan and... Jess Cooper from Kintsugi Hope. Hey guys, how are you doing? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Yeah, doing really well, thank you. And we're here broadcasting from Spring Harvest 2022. Have you enjoyed it so far? Yeah, it's been it's been full on, um, but we have had the best weather I think I've ever had at Spring Harvest. Yeah. Um, it I think it's been great. It's incredible, hasn't it? I think we've had one bit of rain, which a, is a tiny bit of rain. Yeah, that's but, pretty good. Yeah, and the rest of the time it's been beautiful sunshine, nice and yeah. warm. It's been it's been fantastic. Uh, and you've been doing teaching and, and main sessions, so I guess that does mean you've got an extra burden on all the rest of it. But uh, have you enjoyed yourselves? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I always find with Spring Harvest that. Um, it, and particularly having been away for like three years, is it's just so great to see a reflection of the church in so many ways because there's just so many different denominations, you know. It's not yeah. like everyone here is Anglican or Baptist. It's almost like that's secondary and actually people here are just of faith and actually sharing our faith is really important and being together. And I, I really love that about Spring Harvest, that you don't have to be in one particular camp in order to come along. Everyone's welcome. Uh, that is absolutely true. And I think, in, in fact generation really doesn't matter at all and we're getting teaching and receiving from people from all different sorts of spectrums which is really helpful because it means that we can get the gold from each other so um so i'm, I'm loving that. i love the unity that's at spring harvest exactly so let's talk about kintsugi hope so so jess you're the communications coordinator coordinator yeah, yeah. comms Person. Comms person. It's, <laughs> uh, it's quite an important role because obviously as, as a minister you need to be communicating out there. So what is Kintsugi Hope? So we are a mental health charity. Um, we have a national reach. So we partner with organisations um, all across the UK to basically train them on how to run wellbeing groups in their community. And our name is really interesting. It kind of tells the story of what we do really. So Kintsugi is a Japanese word um, and it's a method of uh, uh, fixing broken pottery so here we might if we broke a plate or a bowl we might uh, fix it with super glue or let's be honest we'd probably chuck it away in the bin um, but in Japan they choose it as an opportunity to make it even more beautiful so they put gold powder in the glue and it's a way of making a feature of the brokenness and making the scars even more beautiful. So and we think that's what God does with us. Yeah. Um, God chooses to not just dig, you know, ignore or sweep over our, um, our imperfections. He sees them and he celebrates them. It's amazing. Like God doesn't um, expect us to be perfect. Um, he actually he loves the fact that he can partner with us in our brokenness, um, and I think that's really really beautiful. So we basically use that metaphor and that imagery to inspire people to not um, hide their scars and not be ashamed of their brokenness because we've all got scars. We're all broken, and actually um, we've all had our own challenges. But that's what makes us unique. That's what makes us beautiful and we don't have to be ashamed wow you know what i think for some people listening right now they might be going well, surely that can't be right because you're saying god doesn't sort of expect us to be perfect and and he rebuilds it in that beautiful way with that gold uh, because sometimes people think to, to go to church i'm not good enough i'm i couldn't i couldn't or even maybe forget go to church but god wouldn't love me because god god's seen what i've done he wouldn't love me but i guess what you're saying is that's just simply not true Exactly. Yeah. God, God loves you through your brokenness. Absolutely. And you know what? God 
God um, actually, like he knows that we're broken. He sees everything. Like he knows all of our thoughts. He knows um, He knows everything that we do before we even do it. And we don't have to h- try and hide our brokenness from God because he sees it. And we can be really real and really honest with God. Even when we feel like we can't necessarily be real or honest with anybody else, we can always be honest and real with God um, because he's all loving. Um, and he, he loves it when we come and we're real with him. That's, I think... He loves it when we draw close to him in our like in the rawness and in our brokenness. He he loves that. Wow. Okay. That, that I've got to say, if you're listening right home right now and you're going, I, I just don't, I don't even, I can't even imagine that God would want me to draw close. I just listen to what Jess said because it's absolutely totally true. He's always inviting us, whoever you are, whatever you've done. There's an invitation from God to draw close to Him, get to know Him. He already knows you, and that invitation is still there. You're so welcoming Him. So, Patrick, let me just say. Uh, you're Patrick Regan, OBE. So OBE, I'm sorry to embarrass you by mentioning it, but you know it's wonderful when Christians are doing work, um, serving Jesus, but their work is nationally recognised um, by the government, by the Queen, for, for what you've achieved. Can you tell us a little bit about the, what Kintsugi Hope has done that has ended up with that award being given? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously that um, I've been involved in this sort of work now for best oh, probably 25 plus years and worked for other charities as well. So it's probably a bit of a mixture of everything. Um, but I think everything that I've wanted to do is to try inspire hope. And what we're doing, Kintsugi Hope, like Jess was explaining, is actually we feel like we're there to train the church to reach out to its communities. And uh, so this 12-week wellbeing program um, has been incredible. I remember when I left my previous charity, I said to God, I'll do anything for you apart from run another charity because I never <laughs> want to fundraise ever again. Okay. And I can see that. I can see that being the heart <laughs> of the charity, isn't it? The uh, fundraising it to takes make it forever and it's soul destroying sometimes. But I really felt this sense of don't think charity, think movement. So I studied movements for about a year, and movements are really interesting. It's like park run. I don't know if you're a runner, yeah, Gordon. Are I'm, you a runner? Do I look like a runner? No. No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a runner. You're right. I'm not a sermon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, park run's amazing, because what you've got is you've got hundreds of thousands of people in parks across this country, um, different cultures, different ages, different abilities. You belong, but you don't have to fit in. Yeah. Um, you've got rock choirs, choirs all over this country, you know, in community centres, in churches and, and all sorts of places. And then they hire Wembley Arena and they, they pack it and you belong, but you don't have to fit in. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, it's gone around the world where people in their desperation have come together and they've found a sense of belonging. And I think for me and my wife dying about four years ago, we were like, as we were struggling with our own mental health and I was really struggling with anxiety, I was like, I don't want to fit in, but I need to belong. And I think there's a big difference between the two. And sometimes, you know, it's a danger in churches where you say, come fit in. But actually, people don't want to fit in. We need people, they're made in the image of God. We need people to be themselves. And so we started Kintsugi Hope, started training churches. For, before the pandemic, it was going well. Churches were going, oh, yeah, we'll get trained. We'll run this in the homeless shelter. And we'll run this in schools and in prisons. And um, one person wanted to run it in a farmer's market because they realized that suicide is so high amongst the farming community. Yeah. And, and then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, no, we're doomed. Um, but we moved all the training online and the opposite happened. Um, loads of people start to apply. So now we've got 1,300 leaders. We've got 350 partner churches. We've got groups happening um, for women who've survived domestic violence, uh, groups in prisons, groups in schools, groups in unis, groups in coffee shops. And, and a third of the people that come in don't have a faith. 
and, and that's okay. And, and a lot of these guys probably wouldn't go to an alpha course as fantastic as alpha is. But actually, we've all been for a pretty traumatic time over yeah. the last couple of years. And we all have mental health in exactly the same way as we have physical health. So some of us might get to the gym to invest in our physical health. What are we doing to invest in our mental and emotional health when life is so tough? And this has gone, you can be part of something, but you don't have to fit in. And that's why I think any church should run a Kintsugi group because it's an amazing opportunity to reach out to your community. Yeah, it, it sounds like an amazing opportunity. And certainly at the moment, I think mental health struggles are maybe at an all-time peak from my understanding from talking to, to teaching schools and, and yeah. the health workers the, the, the system seems like it's overwhelmed so for churches to actually be able to provide something uh, that can just help bring some change uh, and renew hope for people is absolutely amazing yeah. and you know the thing is Gordon that actually it was a crisis before COVID um, and so if you talk to any of the GP surgeries the doctors they were saying we were struggling before COVID okay. so now is even more so and I see what COVID did is that suddenly for some problems like a lot of these issues particularly young young people they come up at school so you lock down schools you don't quite know what's going on behind closed doors yeah. and suddenly we've opened up and we're all trying to think through how do we bounce back you know and I, I don't like that term I've written a book called bouncing forwards not bouncing back because I feel like why would you want to go back to what we were doing beforehand? You know, we've trained. There were so many problems already back then, anyway. Yeah, and, there, so. and, and, and trauma changes you. Yeah. You know, if you've been through a hard time, you know that you've, your values have changed for good and for bad. Well, hopefully for good, but like you've changed. But actually, it gives you empathy, it gives you understanding, it gives you compassion. I don't want to relearn those lessons. <laughs> I've learned, I hope I'm, I'm learning them every day, but I want to bounce forward. And I feel like as a society, we if, if one thing that can come out of the pandemic that would be positive is a better understanding of mental health and realising that it's not just for the experts, it's a community issue. And so I'm saying, you know, I can't, you know, if someone's got cancer, you give them chemo and radiotherapy and you help them through the cancer journey that way. The medical professionals do a great job. But to get through a cancer journey, you need love, community and support. Yeah. And actually, that's where the church can come in. We don't have to be the expert. We can offer love, community and support. And actually, that's what people are crying out for. Loneliness escalates any problem. Yeah. Any problem in life, loneliness will make it feel worse. Um, but we're in every community across this country. Um, so if we can't be there for our non-members, then who can? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Can I just rewind a little bit? Because you said something that, that I thought, maybe I was just unpacking a bit. You mentioned that you struggle with some mental health issues yourself and, and anxiety. And I think sometimes people do think, well, you, if you're a Christian then, you know, you shouldn't worry about tomorrow. You shouldn't be anxious about anything. Uh, you know, you've got Jesus there and, and everything should be dandy. And, and I think I think Christians might be even a pressure within sort of the Christian subculture to not be very real or very authentic. So I'm really grateful that you said, well, you've had struggles. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what do the struggles feel like for you? How would people even know if they are suffering from anxiety and mental health? And tell us a bit about your experience there. Yeah, I think um, I went through one of those moments. I call it the Tetris moment. Do you remember Tetris, the I game? I love Tetris. <laughs> it's very addictive. And Tetris is a computer game where, you know, little blocks fall out of the sky and you try and get them in a straight line and, and then they keep coming and you have to rotate them. And I don't know, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like I've been through phases in my life where everything goes wrong at once. And oh, yeah. Yeah. it just comes down too quickly and I can't get it all in a straight line and life is just too busy. And, and things happen, you know, your kids get sick, um... Uh, there's really tough stuff at home 
And I think for me, I always struggled with anxiety. I was always one of those classic guys that got a headache and went to Dr. Google for a diagnosis. You know, I crave certainty and I always end up with some terrible disease that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. And, and I think within church culture, you feel ashamed. You feel like you can't be honest, you can't be real, because when I have been real and honest, people have said, well, you need to pray a bit more, as if I'd never thought of that, or you need to trust God a little bit more. I am actually trying to trust God. Um, and just offer these platitudes, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle, which is misquoting a verse out of Corinthians. But like, and all these platitudes don't really help. And so I kept quiet, and in the end, you know, I was in A&E, I was in, and I had chest pains, and I had to go through some major operations. And... Uh, and I came to the conclusion that actually some of our theology that we have around this is, is just, it's just not right. Yeah. You know, Jesus said you will have trouble. You know, Paul talks about the fawn in the flesh that just won't go away. Um, Paul says we've despaired of life itself. Elijah was suicidal. And, you know, when Elijah was suicidal, God didn't come up to him and give him a rollicking and tell him to cheer up and have a bit more faith. And there's a lot of people in the world worse off than he is. Yeah, smile. It could um, be worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he said, rest. Oh. Here's some angels to care for you. Uh, eat um, and then spoke to him in a gentle whisper and so um, for me I know that I am on a journey of managing my mental health and a lot of it's through relationship a lot of it's through being real being honest being authentic that's why the image of Kintsugi is so beautiful that actually like Jess said God accepts us for who we are so Jess are there some stories that you know from within Kintsugi Hope um, that you could share with us on air about where actually the ministry you provide uh, and the church that are running the course has enabled people to see change mm, absolutely yeah I'd love to share some um, so one that comes to mind is of um, a gentleman who joined a group who was feeling unfortunately quite um, you know down he was had moments of feeling suicidal like he didn't want to go on um, and he joined a group um, led by um, a lovely couple, and I think by the by the end of the week, or by the end of the twelve weeks, um, he'd invested into his mental health. He had found friends, he had found community, um, and he'd actually, you know, managed to get himself a job. Um, he'd gone back to work. He actually had to miss a couple of the last sessions of the groups because um, he had to work, um, and just that that moment for him of having um, a space to be honest about how he was feeling um, and people within that group that had shared experiences I think one of the things that happens a lot in the groups is those me too moments mm. of where someone yeah. is honest about something that they struggled with and everyone in the group or even a few people in the group go oh my gosh I struggle with that too and that's just so comforting because you just realize that you're not on your own um, another one that comes to mind is of a lady who um, when she was younger she had a bleed on the brain um, and she had to use a mobility scooter um, to get around and in COVID um, it meant that she spent a lot of time inside by herself so she joined a group, she joined a Kintsugi Hope wellbeing group online and one of the group, groups is um, focuses on um, talking to your younger self so like that self-acceptance um we say a lot of really harsh things to ourselves yeah um, when we look ourselves in the mirror we can often say you're not worth it you're rubbish you're flawed you're useless um nobody likes you we can be so so harsh to ourselves and we're often our own worst critic um and so one of the groups um looks at talking how do you talk to your younger self would you say the things that you say to yourself now 
to your younger self and you have to look at a picture of your younger self and kind of can you say those things to your younger self and she couldn't do it so she put a picture of herself on her um her younger self on the mantelpiece and um she shared how in the morning she gets up she walks over to the mantelpiece and she she said I give myself a good talking to um and she built up the courage by week 12 which looks at resilience to get out every day on home on her mobility scooter and just get out once a day and just it's a really simple thing but for her being able to actually just get outside during covid that was such a fearful area for her um and so you know speaking to herself giving herself that pep talk was really powerful and i think that's one of the things that the group's focus is on is um you know not just talking about stuff but actually giving people really really practical self-management tools so that on those hard days on those days where you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you think you're rubbish you think you're worthless you you can't muster up the courage to to just do those simple things actually there's tools that you hopefully would have learned over the last 12 weeks that can really really help you um so yeah those are just a couple i mean i could probably share <laughs> loads more we get inundated with um it's amazing so stories good. yeah i'm absolutely fantastic and, and both of you are smiling away and obviously <laughs> it's so fruitful the the thing that you're doing yeah and uh, and also so counter what patrick was sharing where he talked about people coming with with platitudes mm. and it sounds like it's a really practical course now I am not a mental health practitioner. I am part of a local church, which I love, and our church does various different ministries and, and uh, has outreaches that are very practical as well. How difficult is it to run a course? Do you need to have some sort of someone who's got some level of skill to be able to do this, or how does it get set up? Tell, tell me yeah. about the process. No, not really. Um, what we do is um, churches apply online, um, and uh, and you know we deal with the legalities of safeguarding policies and references for all the leaders. But then there's um, some training. It's about four hours online, uh, sort of nine twenty minute sessions. And really, what it is, it's not about being the experts. It's about facilitating a discussion. And uh, and so, like Jess says, what we want to do through the groups really is one is allow people to have self management tools, which means that they'll be able to. You know, if you've got anxiety, hopefully after the twelve weeks, you've learned some things that can help you. Yeah. Um, second. Secondly, and I think probably where the, the strength of it is, is in terms of uh, peer support, you know, that sense of me too moments, that sense of we're in it together. And thirdly, if there's like a serious mental health issue and the group may not be the the right place for it because remember there's a big difference between mental health and mental illness yeah. and I think the two often get lumped together and this is about investing in your mental health that all of us have but we can signpost to experts we can signpost to the people who can really help in those certain things whether it's counselling or therapy or whatever so really it's for the church to go you know what there's so many people in our community who are lonely even within our own churches you know, I did this as a, my home group and wow. uh, we invited our neighbours and our friends. Our home group went from 8 to 17 overnight. Um, and it was amazing, you know, because they asked questions all the time. It was funny, we got to week 8 on forgiveness. And uh, this lovely lady um, called Catherine, she basically went, You Christians, you have to forgive everyone, don't you? How do you forgive someone who isn't sorry? I just don't get it. Wow. Which is a great, great question. question. It is yeah, a great Yeah, I mean, at that point, I looked at my wife and said, I think you should answer that question. That would be really helpful. <laughs> um, but, like, what an amazing opportunity. You know, at week two, like, we're talking about anxiety, and I'm like, you know, I struggle with anxiety, but probably prayer is the way I deal with it. And someone will go, prayer? How does that actually work? 
So it's not like we're going like, let's look at this Bible verse, but we're sharing our life. We're sharing our faith. And so a third of people who come aren't Christians, but they're getting to know God. People are becoming Christians and coming back to God. And uh, and the, their faith is very real and authentic, but it's done in a re- relational way. We're working with um, social prescribers with doctor surgeries. You know, doctors are going, you need to go and join the Kintsugi Hope Group. And wow. uh, because That's actually, great. you know, doctors realize, and we've got so many leaders who are ex-GPs and GPs and mental health practitioners, and we're surrounded by other experts in psychiatry and uh, psychologists, and they all realize that loneliness escalates everything. Um, and people are desperately lonely in a very connected world online, but nothing replaces relationship. Relationship nurtures the belief that change is possible. Oh, you know what? That sounds great. And to do it in a small group context and be able to invite non-Christians in, mm. I've got to say, it's, it sounds like a very, very necessary tool for the church, for our church members, but something that so easily can actually be expanded out really widely so it's, it's something that the content by the sounds of it it may give opportunities for conversations about our christian walk but you could do it totally as not christian and be totally blessed by the whole thing and and, and come out of it yeah having learned some tools having changed your thinking and actually hopefully taking your mental health falls in a positive direction absolutely so, and you know i really feel gordon that sometimes over the years and i i know things shift and change the culture but for some of us in the church that we've gone and almost become salesmen for Jesus. Um, and it's really interesting that Jesus actually, he invested himself into 12 people. Um, and it wasn't the most educated, and it wasn't the most obvious. And he did life with them. That's what he did. Yeah. And it was like, um, how do we create places? How do we create safe places? I think this we have felt so unsafe for the last couple of years. We've had restrictions, keep away, don't do this, don't do that. And people are fragile. They're really fragile. And I feel like, in some ways, they don't want to be preached at, but they do want to have a conversation. They do want to be listened to. They do want to be cared about. They do want to know that their voice matters, that um, that we're not just here with some hidden agenda. And if you don't meet our agenda, we move on to the next victim. You know, we yeah. have got to be a gentle presence in people's lives. And I often say one of the most moving stories for me is after Jesus' resurrection, I said this on the main meeting last night, Jesus spent two days, spent walking to Emmaus with two heartbroken people. Um, He could have done, you know, a big gig at that point. Healing of the 5,000, a sermon on the mount. Two people mattered to him more than anything else that morning. And he wasn't distracted and he spent the whole morning with him. You know, I have a diary which basically on the hour changes every hour. (laughs) You know, like it's packed. And sometimes I'm like, no, stop. Spend the quality time because that person is precious and they deserve it. That is exactly what Jesus is like, isn't it? Making time, listening, caring, uh, and then also having the wisdom and the words that just come yeah. off the back of responding to the needs that he sees around him. Can I ask you a question about young people? So I'm guessing that most of these groups are being aimed at adults. Is that fair? Um, so we've actually adapted the material for youth. Um, so that's 11 to 18s and also for students. That's anyone that's at university age. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's really exciting. We've got an incredible um, youth and student coordinator called Joel. Um, and he's adapted the material and it's launched in universities, schools, youth clubs, church youth groups um, all over the country as well. Um, so it 
the groups for youth are slightly shorter so instead of 12 weeks it's six weeks and for students um, it's four weeks with then an optional two so you can fit it into like a term yeah and you know it's it's giving young people a space to be honest with their friends um, with their youth leaders about their struggles um, I think young people have have almost had some of the toughest experiences over the last two years they've had homeschooling they've had on and off they've had so much uncertainty they've grown up in a world in the last three years where they've, they've had a pandemic they've now got a um you know a war in their own continent they've got um you know GCSEs exams um cancelled they've had you know almost their success um metrics changed about 10 million times um so much uncertainty so actually we 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 prioritise changing the material and you know updating it for youth because of that exact reason and you know um we we work with GPs and we have we have great relationships and friendship with GPs and one of our friends had kind of said, you know, like a young person has to be on a bridge before they're given the, given the time and resources, you know, ready to take their life before they're given any time and space to actually talk about their mental health within the existing NHS system because it's just so stretched. Yeah. And actually young people need to be invested into before they get to that crisis point because it's often too late. Um, and actually people shouldn't be ready to take their life before they're given time. Um, young people, adults, anybody, all human beings should be given time and space to be honest and real with their struggles and just build real, really good long-lasting friendships because relationship is just so important. When you have somebody who you can be real and honest with, it just changes everything. So, yeah, I mean, you can check that out on the Kintsugi Hope website as well for youth and students. That is a brilliant thing that we do need to know about where, where do people go what is the Kintsugi Hope website uh, how do you spell Kintsugi <laughs> so Kintsugi is spelled K-I-N-T S-U-G-I and then it's do, the do, do that again because people just okay. run to grab a pen it's yeah K-I-N-T S-U-G-I and then it's the word hope at the end so the website is kintsugihope.com and then you can put forward slash groups for anything to do with groups or forward slash youth uh, for anything to do with youth as well and we're on social media as Kintsugi Hope on Twitter Instagram and Facebook as well Sweet that sounds absolutely brilliant you know what would be great I'm going to imagine that right now there are people listening who either themselves are struggling with their mental health mental well-being or their children, people in their families, people they know are just in a hard place right now. Mm. It would be lovely if you guys would be willing to pray and just pray for Jesus to touch them right now and give them hope uh, and then for also to be able to connect with people who can help them step forward. Mm. Sure. Yeah, Father, thank you so much for everyone who's listening to this um, broadcast, Lord God. And, and Lord, I thank you that you know where everyone's at. And I pray, Lord, where people are struggling with their with their thoughts that are in, feeling incredibly negative, uh, feeling negative about themselves, almost feeling like I'm a burden, I don't matter, um, I'm bringing everyone else down. Or for parents who are going, my kids aren't doing very well and I think it's all my fault. And, and Father, some things are out of our control and uh, not everything happens to us because of us. And But God, wherever these people are listening, whether they're in the car, in the kitchen, um, laying on their bed whether they're listening to it in their headphones God I pray they would know that actually they're not on their own they would know that actually you are there with them they would have a, just a sense right now 
or just your presence, just your gentle presence, not forcing itself, but saying, I am alongside, I am in the pain, I'm in the anxiety, I'm in the questions. Um, I thank you that nothing is off limits with you, um, that we could be as honest as honest can be, that you are safe. And, uh, and God, we're confused sometimes. We don't get it. We don't understand why really awful stuff can happen to such wonderful people. But it does, and we know the whole world's broken, but we also know that you are there, and that gives us hope to carry on. Father, we thank you for your presence today. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so very much, Patrick Regan and Jess Cooper from Kintsugi Hope. It's been such an honour speaking to you. Thanks for the valuable work you do. And I hope that many people will be able to reach out and improve their mental health and also run courses mm. that can help others. It's such a beautiful thing for church to be doing. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, Gordon. Bye. Wonderful. Are there any other stories you want to tell or anything? Um, no, I think that was a good thing. I mean, we're doing... Um, hey, no, I'm very grateful really you thing. came in as well. Oh. It was yeah. lovely doing, doing it with both of you. Thank yeah. you for you're, me. you're gifted. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no, she's you. brilliant. Um, yeah, no, I think that was you're good. happy? Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm happy. Let me stop that. Today's Hope FM Drive Show is brought to you by Spring Harvest, bringing the whole church together to worship, learn and share. For the latest news and events, visit springharvest.org.